0: doing the aging episode. Wow. It's, we've been talking about this for We months. have. That's
1: why I feel a little bit nervous that like it's finally here and like I want to do it justice.
0: <laughs> I know. I was like, it has to be good. It better be good. So hopefully it's good, y'all. There's
1: just a lot of... I feel like we are in a place where a lot of people who are listening and ourselves are in that really strange transition. And I think we have some younger listeners. But like for the most part, I feel like most of our listeners are 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, beyond... Who are dealing with a lot of different things in their life, not only just career stuff, but relationship stuff, but also like personal development, midlife crises, even Mm -hmm. stuff. And one of the things that I don't know that I really fully understood the impact of, especially when I left my marriage, was being like in my 30s and being kind of like dumped into the dating pool and kind of not knowing I think I even said to you at one point, like, I don't know what league I'm in, actually. Like, you know, like (laughs) I was kind of like, oh, I always was like kind of able to, I don't want to say like get who I wanted, but when I was younger, obviously I was like in my early 20s. And at that point, like you have the, the, you have the pick of the litter. And so I think, and not that it has to do with only being in a relationship, but I think you do question, you know, your, especially as women, I think we value our looks so much more maybe than men. And that's a generalization, but as we get older, it's like, it is a mindfuck a little bit.
0: Dude, it's such a mind fuck. I actually struggled even turning thirty. Really? So the fact that I'm close to closer to forty than I am to thirty is like a mind fuck in the asshole. Whoa. <laughs> That's an extreme. I don't even know but what kind of fuck that is. I you know, I think I I've always had issues. I think maybe it's because how we saw adults growing up. Uh, when we were growing up. So I think we associate aging to how maybe we saw older people. And so I remember thinking, I I remember a lot of comments when I was in my teen years, like these are the best years of your life and you're going to love high school. And I hated high school so much that I remember even specifically thinking, and I was already suicidal. I remember specifically thinking (laughs) if these are the best years, then I might as well just kill myself now because it is, that is not good for me.
1: You know, I never got that message. That's so interesting got that. No, I mean, I've always got like the glory days, Yeah. you know, like, Oh my God, college is so amazing. Mm-hmm. and like you know your early 20s you get to do whatever you want you get to go wherever you want you get to travel you get to like
0: i but i still feel like we get to do that now oh my and gosh i think that's why it's disorienting well i think it's so much better now like i would never go back to being in high school ever and i would never tell a teenager these are the best days i just want to tell teenagers like it'll right. yeah, like, it get better yeah like it'll get better i promise you yeah and in 20s too i feel like you don't really know oh, yourself yeah. quite yet so i i just felt like i got these messages that i was living the best days now which sucked and then I also looked at my parents and people who were in the basically who were my age now and even sure. younger, quite honestly. And they just seemed miserable. They were worried about money. They were worried about this and that. And I was like, man, I don't even want to deal with that stuff. I
1: think that's a generational thing a little bit. But yeah. I remember being in my early 20s and thinking 38 is so old. Oh my gosh, yes. Like, and now some of my best friends are like in their 50s and 60s. Like, it's just, it, it's weird how it changes as you, as you get older. Yeah. And I think we more align based on value system, lifestyle versus age yeah you know like if you were 15 and like your best friend was like 30 that would be weird but like if you're 35 and one of your best friends is like 50
0: like that's not as weird yeah you know and so i think it just depends on kind of where you're at well i think too to that where you're at is so i remember my mom when I was 15 and pregnant, my mom was only 37. So she was younger than I am now. And I don't have a 15 year old. So it's like, we were in very different places at the same age. So my mom at my age had a 15 year old, a 13 year old, had a job, had a husband, had a house. I'm sitting here going through divorce, single, no kids, and you know, completely different lifestyle. Right. So I think I looked at that as a couple of things. One, I remember, and I think a lot of people maybe feel this way. They remember seeing their parents at a certain age. So they thought that, by 25, I'll have a home. By 30, I'll have a home and two kids. Like We yep. kind of set ourselves up at these like timelines that by this time, I will have this because we saw our parents have that and it didn't work that way. And so- I think it set up these interesting, unrealistic, maybe expectations or just expectations. I don't know if they're realistic or unrealistic, but I remember thinking like, that's, my life is so different. And then feeling like in some ways I failed somehow. And in some ways I'm like, wow, it's so much better. And there's a lot of mind fuckery that goes in with all of it, like, thinking it should be a certain way, but it's not. And also being okay with it. And then I'm like, should I be okay with it? It's just, there's a lot. That's why like
1: one of my favorite episodes that we ever did was the one on the courage to live an unconventional Mm -hmm. life. Because Mm -hmm. I feel like we talked kind of those benchmarks a little bit up and down. I think when you add in aesthetics to the equation and expectations of family members and choices, you know, frankly, you know, as a life choice, choosing to be child-free, which was so interesting. So I had posted a couple of weeks ago, just that I felt, uh, just kind of about where I was in my life and how I felt like it was. If you had told me ten years ago that this is where I'd be, I don't know that I would have seen that or I would have almost felt like it was a failure. And I said I wouldn't have seen myself at the age of thirty-seven child-free as a life choice. Yeah. And like a week later, my mom uh, and I were talking on the phone. And she said, you know, I saw your post last week and it was really interesting to me. She wasn't judging it. She just mm-hmm. said, it was really interesting to me when you said the term child free, mm. as if you were like free of children and like free of that burden. And I was like, no, I, I actually don't think it's that children are a burden. Mm-hmm. They can be amazing. I th- I said, it's just instead of saying childless, yeah. which makes it seem as though like it's a lesser choice sure. or like, you know, you're and obviously something. we have a lot of people who listen to this podcast who are, are, are don't have children, but it's not. A choice like yeah. they—they're trying to get pregnant. They're having infertility issues. Like they have mm-hmm. issues, so it's you know I think saying child-free is a new term. Yeah, my mom was like, I never heard that before. And so even being child-free as a choice is where I feel like we are navigating no man's land yeah. when it comes to being almost forty, child-free entrepreneurs, traveling. Like we've yep. just never
0: seen a precedent for this before. Yeah, I think so. The layers on top of that was being. 35 having your husband do what he did being suddenly single and realizing that you're kind of starting over and for me it's kind of like the scale you know we sometimes we we like have this idea we need to weigh a certain amount like we need to weigh 110 pounds or 125 like we just make up a number like decide that that's the thing like arbitrary numbers but I think for me 35 was that number of, 35 and up. And I guess too, in competition, like it's masters, right? You compete in fitness competitions. <laughs> yeah. 35 and up is the masters. Yeah. So for me, it was like suddenly I'm a senior. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fucking senior. I don't know if they 35. use that term anymore. But like masters, yeah. I, I'm like, okay, 35 and up. So to me, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, that's old. And I remember hitting 30 because I, the year I turned 30, we were really struggling. We had just filed bankruptcy, moved in with some friends. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I thought when I was 30, I'd be moving into a bigger house. We'd be getting raises in our jobs. We'd have all this stuff. And in fact, it was going backwards. And it was a really big struggle. And so the first, up until I was about 32, 33, we were struggling. And then we started really taking off. And then suddenly at 35, it was like starting over again. And I felt like, wow, who's going to want me now? Mm. Who's going to want me now that I'm 35 years old? I'm over the hill, so to speak. And like, nobody's going to want me. And it's been a really interesting journey because I was just starting to be okay with being in my thirties. And it is way different when you're with the person. And when you're suddenly single, Mm -hmm. you're like, it's almost like a spotlight on that insecurity. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Actually, it's one of the reasons why I didn't
1: ever feel, I think in my early twenties, I had a lot of urgency mm-hmm. around like, because I think that was, you know, you just graduated from college. If you were lucky to go to college and it was like, you, people were asking you, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And you felt like you had to have answers. And so I feel like I had a lot more urgency in my early and mid twenties than I did at 30. Mm-hmm. And I think I finally kind of like relaxed into, you know, but I also owned a home. I was married, mm-hmm. like all the kind I did have a couple of the boxes checked, but I always having a husband who was eight years older, I never felt old. You know what I mean? Because I was always like, well, he's always going to be eight years older. So like, you know what I mean? I always felt like the young one. But yes, being, you know, kind of single for the first time in a long time at 35, being on dating apps again, like, you know, honestly, if you're not on dating apps, you guys just like let you know, people lie about their age constantly on those things because there's age ranges. Yeah. And so like, you know, you get to 39 and you're like, cool, if I turn 40, all of a sudden a lot of. People are probably not putting in the age range that they're looking for 40. They put up like 30 to 39 or 25 to 39. And like, so there's a lot of, I mean, I guess the best word is mindfuck about like, cool. You know, you try not to buy into it. And this is a conversation you and I have had so many times because I think, you know, as I would say, strong, independent women who, you know, are, I would say, you know, like we are feminists for sure, but also there's a lot of pressure and even
0: personal desire to yep. like stay youthful looking. Yeah. it. We had, so Jill, you're, I don't remember how you met this guy. One of Jill's friends. Which one? Drew. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we, we
1: met him together at the same time. At the oh, that's party. right. That's
0: right. Yeah. We met. So we went to this singles like white party. We ended up bailing because it was kind of lame. And they we saw him at another bar with a friend and they thought it was lame. So we started talking. I forgot. So somehow you guys started talking. I don't know. I wasn't involved yeah. in it, but we went out with him later. And so we got to it was the four, the three of uh, four of us. I think it was some other dude there. His friend that he called Santa Claus. Yeah. He was like 60. So Drew's like what? 42. Yeah. So he's in his years, 40s. Yeah.
1: Millionaire Like Yeah Making lots
0: of money um, Drives a nice car Not super attractive By like most standards Not unattractive but he's telling us, we're just going, like, we're just friends, so neither one of us are into him, and he's not into us, but he's saying about do- dating apps, and he's like, I don't put anybody past, I think he's, like, 36 or 37, and we're like, he says, you know, when you start looking at the pictures, and I remember him showing, he's like, look, you can see the difference between a 27-year-old and, like, a 39-year-old, and he's showing us photos, and and he's just like, you know, they look haggard, they're angry, they're this and that, and and we're just sitting there like, damn, and I remember Jill said something to him, she goes, imagine if you after the age of what? You said 30? Yeah. You're like, after the age of 30, you lost like 5% of your net worth every single and there year. And there's
1: nothing you could do about there's it. There's
0: nothing you could do about it. And this guy obviously really is valued. He his, values his cars, his, his money, his wealth. Yep. Right. So she's like, so imagine you lose 5% of your net worth every single year. There's nothing you could do about it. You can never make more. You just keep losing it, and losing it. How would you feel? And it was such a good analogy because that she's like, this is how it feels for us. Like basically after the age of 30 you start to feel like if everyone in society values us for our looks and our youth and all of that stuff and there's nothing you can really do you're aging there's not you can't stop it it feels the same as I think to a man who is basing his value on his worth and he is losing that income every single year and I thought it was I was like damn that's a really good analogy and it it bothered him he was like well that would have happened I was like we're just saying, we're just motherfucking saying. I
1: think it just opens up like, and and by the way, the contextually in this conversation, I don't think that Danny or I or, or either one of us are saying like, you have to keep looking 25. Like, I don't think that's the point. I don't think the point is to be like, you have to keep looking as soon as possible and that's your only sense of self-worth. I think you can feel worthy and should with multiple different things that you're doing. It's not just your looks. It's everything from, and you and I have obviously like overcome like our body struggles where I think 100%, if not 100%, 99% of my worth was wrapped up in my physique. Yeah. You know, there's multiple ways to, to feel worthy and to feel like you add value in the world. So the, I don't think the idea is like, you need to look young to, in order to feel valuable. But as like, I think that society and culture places a premium on youth. Yep. And so as you get older, how can you even maybe just shift your perspective to still feel, I don't even know if it's attractive, but still feel worthy and yeah. still feel like a sense of meaning in your life as you're, cause here's the thing, we're all fucking aging. Sure. Everyone is aging. I always joke that like we're melting constantly. Like we're just, <laughs> we're melting. Everyone is. And like yeah. no matter what. And so you can't place your worth on your looks. No. You just can't. And so, what do you do when you get to, you know, I noticed right around 33. That was in the moment. Like that year, I was just like, wow, like huge shift in the way I was like, no wrinkles to definitely like can see wrinkles like that was my year and since then i've definitely noticed and it's it is fine and there's a lot of things that i really like you mentioned earlier that i love about being in my late 30s like Mm -hmm. almost 40 like i do feel so much more grounded i feel so much more confident i feel so much more accomplished i feel so much more uh sexual i like my body better than i ever have i feel more comfortable in my body than i ever have so it's not that you want to be 30 or 25 but it's like your face is also melting. So, like, <laughs> why? so do yeah. you just say, like, cool, this is, me. or do you, like, is there an option for, do you get needles in your face? Like, what do you do? Yeah. Or if
0: anything, or do you just change your mindset? Well, I think all of it. I think all of it. So, we just went to, So we're in Vegas and um, we just went to get some facial stuff going today and I'm actually probably going to put next week. I think I'm going to do some stuff, but I've been getting Botox since I was 26, 27, I think 27. So I was a cocktail server. I had a like day job in the government and then a night job working at at doing bottle service in Vegas and I was 27 and there were girls that I was working with that were 22, 23 getting Botox and I'm like, these girls are 20 three. Like, what are they doing? But I was surrounded by everyone was doing it. And I felt like, dang, if they're doing it, I have to, I'm only 27. And I didn't think I was quote unquote old enough to be doing it, but I started. And it was also so normal in Las Vegas and in that industry, in the nightclub industry, in, in Vegas, LA in general, I think if you live in the Midwest or you live in just different places, it's not, everybody's getting Botox, but everyone was, so it was very normal. So I've been getting Botox for 12, 10 years, at least 10 plus years. And once I started, I was like, I like this. It's preventative. Um, I've also seen so much hate for it. And I get it because I was actually one of those people when I first heard of it. I was like, why would people inject poison in their face? And then I realized it's funny how I first started was uh, it was Nate, my husband at the time's birthday. He was turning 30. He was turning 35 and I bought him Botox for his birthday. I kind of wanted to see what it would look like on him. And then if it was okay, then I would do it after. (laughs) So I like guinea pigged him. I was like, hey, I got you Botox kind of like saw some lines and I was like, okay, that's cool. I'm going to do it too. So I, I started down that path and, um, my big thing. And so many people say this, like, I don't want to have like weird Botox face or like my face yeah. looks so like I can't move. So and it's frozen. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah your frozen. Expressions, yep. And so I learned that you can actually do things that are preventative that you don't have to go overboard. You don't, people don't even know half the time that you do it unless maybe they do it too. And so they notice, and for me, it's made me feel better about myself. But again, kind of, I think we mentioned this in one of the episodes too, we were talking about like plastic surgery that I don't, I think that is important to be okay with yourself with or without um, enhancements or plastic surgeries or artificial whatevers, but it does make me feel better. I feel more confident when I don't have like all of the lines in my face. And I, to be honest, dating being, I remember when I turned 36, so I was 35 when I started getting on Bumble. And before my birthday, I think I even said something to you. I was like, dang, that's my, I thought people would start cutting me off at 35. Like I'd Mm. stop getting some of those matches and even joke about with my boyfriend now, he cut it off at 38 and I turned 38 this year. So there's potentially like you are missing out on certain people because they just assume that there's like a certain age you want, you're going to be. So I think that it's. It can be a mind fuck, especially if you feel like I think most of us don't feel our age, right? Yeah, no. I'm like I might not feel my age. I might feel like I'm 25, but if I look like I'm older, or if I actually am on paper, then how does that come across? So I don't know. It's such an interesting thing. I don't judge any woman who does plastic surgery. Do you or- think that doing
1: Botox or getting fillers or
0: anything is like
1: kind of bowing down or giving into cultural standards of beauty, like where you're like, okay, like we're only, we only feel attractive. We have no lines in our face. Like that's kind of like a cultural narrative, right? Like it it means you're youthful. It means you're more attractive. Do you feel like getting that is like buying into that? Do you feel like it would be if I just was like, yeah, I'm not doing Botox because I want to give a big fuck you to cultural beauty standards. Like how, where do you, Can you honor, like you said, I feel more confident when I have it done. That's hard because Mm -hmm. it's like, fuck, like I don't want that to be the case. Yeah. But
0: also I do. So like, do you. Well, it's like the, like the big yes. And like, yes, I'm caving to society. Yes, I'm doing it. But also what else are we doing all the time to look like. I'm getting my hair done. I'm waxing or shaving. I'm putting on makeup. It's like, what? at what point do we draw the line? If we want to say fuck you to Botox, then do we say fuck you to makeup? We say fuck you to razors. We say fuck you to just personal hygiene. So yes, yes, it's, it's caving to society and cultural because it's definitely cultural too. I'm sure we go to other countries and stuff. They're not doing Botox. But- I also do feel better about myself because I look in the mirror and I'm like, good. I look good. And when I look good, it's just like you buy a brand new outfit or you get it like I get a new workout outfit. I go to the gym and I like work out harder than I've ever yeah, worked out. Same. I get a new dress where I feel sexy. I like walk different. I act different. Yep. Um, I did a post just recently that I was borrowing someone's dress and there's a photo of me and I loved it. The picture, except I remember so specifically how I was so uncomfortable. I didn't even want to go. To, I was seeing this event. I didn't want to go on stage because I felt so much not like myself. Mm. And I feel like when you are not comfortable in your body, whether it's because like your hair isn't done that day or whatever, you're just, you don't show up the same. It's like, yeah. it's like you roll out of bed. You don't brush your teeth. You don't, you throw your hair in a ponytail. You like run to Walmart to get milk or something. You're like, I hope nobody sees me because you don't feel good. You know, you're not going to act the same as if like you just got a blowout yeah. and like have your spray tan on, like you got your makeup on and you run into your ex. You're like, fuck, I don't give a shit. Right. But if you roll out of bed, you're like, dang, I do not want my ex to see. Me. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think it just, yes, it's caving to societies, but also, it is tricky to go I, – I think there's a fine line between being, like, self-righteous about what you're allowed to do and what you're not.
1: Yeah, I think because it's, like, who's to say, right? It's, like, to your point, it's, like, oh, people can wear makeup, but if you get Botox, that it means you're caving to society standards. You're not, like, you know, perpetuating feminist ideals, like, whatever. But, like, I don't know. Fucking – I like makeup. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I like makeup. It's fun. I like doing my hair differently. It's fun. Like, and to your point, you do act differently when you feel – it's not even – Prettier or more beautiful necessarily. It's just you feel put together. Yeah, you yeah. just feel like cool. I like took some time and I took pride in like doing the things that I feel like I want to do. And so I think it does come back to the same argument of can you still love and appreciate yourself in the sweats just rolled out of bed? You might not walk the same. You yeah. might just like be like fuck. I just hope I don't see anyone that I know. But at the same time, you still love yourself,
0: and I think that that doesn't change regardless. No, and I think it matters of. <sighs> Kind of like, what's your intention? Who are you doing it for? I think sometimes we are like, oh, are <laughs> this is it? hilarious. You actually, t- you, who are doing it for? So today, we're actually in Vegas. So
1: I don't know, it was yesterday or today, this morning. I was like, okay, I need oh, to yeah. feel attractive at the pool today. I remember, so like, it's just the two of us yes. in Vegas. And yeah. like, your guy's not here. Mine is not here. And yesterday I was like, okay, when we go to the pool tomorrow, I need to feel, I just like want to feel attractive. Like I, and I say this to you often, like I just, I, sometimes I just don't feel attractive. Like Keith and I it's great, but we live in South Bay, which is like kind of like a sleepy beach town where literally I wear cutoffs and a tank top or workout clothes all the time. And like, I love it 95% of the time, but that 5% of the time, I'm like, I would like to like blow my hair out. I would like to like get a little decked. I would like to put heels on. And so that's when I call it Danny. And I'm like, Hey, yo, I'm coming to Vegas because I need to feel attractive. And just like you feel put together. So yesterday I go, I need to feel attractive at the pool tomorrow. And yeah. what did you say? You go. I was like, for who? And I was like, for me, yeah. for my own sense yeah. of self appreciation. Yeah, and that was the honest to god truth. Yeah. Like, I'm not trolling for dudes. Yeah, I literally am like, I want to feel attractive for myself, yep. because that's how I don't know. Like that just yep. makes me feel better, and it's not for anything else except like sometimes I want to feel decked out. And if you're listening to this and you're like, I love living in sweats. I was there at one point too. I never wanted to put on real clothes and it changed when I became single and I was like, wow, I like blowing my hair out. I like playing with makeup. I like, um, you know, playing with dresses and dressing up, even if I'm just going like down the street, it feels nice. And I don't think everyone has to do it. And I don't think, I think you can derive a sense of like attractiveness another way. But for me, that's always what's worked.
0: Yeah, no, I loved, it and that you said it was just for me because <laughs> who, who I think, for? Uh, for me. <laughs> well, I think it is. Some of the times it's the judgment of, well, you're getting your lips done, you're getting Botox to attract men. It's a like, lot of. There's judgment. a judgment of that, and it's like, okay, maybe yes, but maybe it's just for f- my fucking self. Like well, also, so about, like, I what about better.
1: exercising? Right? Like, yeah,
0: who were you trying to look toned for? Yeah, myself. Yeah, it's like I want to feel good about myself, and I, I think it it really comes down to doing, doing you boo. Do you boo. Like I'm not, if you're going to get Botox, lip fillers, face fillers, facelift, tummy tuck, ass fillers, tits done, like (laughs) do it all. If you, if it makes you feel good, but also know that you, you can't expect that that's going to make you feel good. You also do need to do the inner work. And, and to that point, you can also feel a little bit insecure about the aging and like a little bit sad about like losing some of the youthfulness you had in your skin and losing some of the, like, I, I know one thing I've noticed is that, you know, when I was younger, I would get these. <laughs> it's funny. Ali Wong does this little skit, comedy skit about like, was it Ali? Like, look at me. Or is that no it's Amy, Amy Schumer. Schumer? Yeah. So, you know, like we get these cat calls when you're younger and you're just like, oh, these fucking perverts. And then now you're just like, hey, why won't anybody cat call out of their car at me? Like, hey, look at this. <laughs> like I'm lifting up my skirt. I'm like naked. Like, hey, like look at Like I'm me. not getting. But it, it's interesting as I get older, I'm like, oh, that stuff that used to annoy me and piss me off and think people are perverts. I'm like- God, I wish somebody would look at me. Like you kind of notice and going, oh, maybe I don't have it anymore. Like yesterday.
1: Yeah. Especially when you get rejected in your marriage. You and I have talked about this a lot. Like I think on some level we do have some, definitely some emotional trauma for sure. But like residual effects that I don't even know that I realize the impact of. Like obviously being rejected by like the most important person in your life in such a way is like, it you don't even know. It reverberates to Mm -hmm. to places that you don't even really realize. And so a lot of my kind of body esteem stuff I felt like I was over and then all of a sudden it came just like swooping back in. And I haven't really done anything different. I'm not like I need to lose. I think I think some people in the wake of an affair like will lose like thirty pounds and need to be like that I didn't really do that, but I definitely felt I didn't know where I stood. I think. I don't think I knew where I stood And as a result of not knowing and not feeling confident in myself, I definitely allowed myself to get into situations with some men that like I I didn't deserve. Yeah. I mean, and not not like an abusive way, but like just like on a level that I'm like looking back, I'm like, why was I even available for that level of conversation? Yeah. Like why was I even available for, why wasn't I valuing myself more and demanding more out of the person I was talking to or dating? Why was I allowing myself? I dated a guy a couple of years ago and It was good at times, and then towards the end of it, it just started really crumbling. But at that time, I was really into him, and I remember we actually broke up on Valentine's Day, and you were kind of seeing someone at the time, and the person you were seeing sent you this like long email and was like, and sent you like a happy Valentine's Day email and was just like going on and on about you know, how much he appreciated you in the world and how amazing you were. And you sent me the email and you said, you need to be getting stuff like this. Yeah. The fact that you're not, and you were like, Jill, and this is the first time you'd kind of said something like this to me, like very openly, you're like, dump him. Yeah. Like you need to fucking dump him. And I just started bawling because I knew that I needed to, but it was just like, I had been so low self worth and so low self esteem that I was allowing myself to be on a breadcrumb diet, right? To be on like a breadcrumb diet of like just picking up the pieces. And yeah, I would never stand for that now. Yeah. I think it's an
0: evolution. I think being in LA also was a big thing because for us, you know, I think that our ex-husbands were seven, seven, eight years older than us and we were used to guys in this age range. So let's just say like, let's just say an age range of 38 to 45 and in LA, it seemed like those guys were interested in girls who were 25 like 20, years yeah, of. 24 to 28. And we can't be that. I can, no matter what, I can't be 24 to 28. And so that was another mindfuck on the aging of going, the guys that I sh- want to be with are into girls who are younger. And that made me feel as if I needed to do more things to be younger. And it's not that that's the reason why I was doing them, but it does register that... There's certain things like you just can't do. So then you're going, okay, so what? So now I have to date 60 year olds. And then you're like, I'm looking at this motherfucking guy with the ring. I want a couple of dates of 50 year olds. <laughs> some are good. You know, some stay in shape, some not, but it's, it's really, it is as a woman going back to the point of like that guy with the, like losing your income it does affect us and it's ultimately it's how you choose to take it it's like we can just blame society and go like it shouldn't be that way and we could take a stand and go I refuse to conform and I'm not going to dye my hair and I'm going to go gray and I'm going to get the wrinkles and it's like cool do that and I respect the fuck out of that by the way hell yeah and I'm like cool if I aged as good as you I would do that too (laughs) But, you know, I think it would be amazing if we could all do that and everyone respect and all see beauty. But unfortunately, we live in a society where it's not like that. And I do feel better when I have some makeup on, when I have some mascara. When I'm not wearing mascara, I look like a little crazy. And I really like I have come to depend <laughs> on that. And when I have a little more color in my skin, I'm a little more tan. I feel like a little bit better about myself. And so fortunately or unfortunately, do I fall into the societal standards of beauty? I I do. And I do subscribe to some of it. And I don't want to like lo- logistically I'd like to be like fuck all this we shouldn't have to be that way I shouldn't have to spend Shit, all this I would money. love
1: to not fucking shave my legs dude, like that would just be amazing all
0: the things like I don't it would be great if you could say fuck all of it like let me eat what I want get as fat as I want never sp- look as women we spend so much money like how much money do we spend between our hair our skin waxing nails I like, spend a, at least
1: $100 a month on waxing alone dude
0: yeah, we probably spend over the course of a year between 5 and 10,000 more than any man spends on like stuff. Oh yeah. And does that suck? Absolutely. fucking But am I changing it? I'm not. And should I as an influencer or somebody with a podcast or something? I don't fucking I know. I mean it does
1: suck, but it also doesn't suck no. because look at how you feel as a result of doing that. Yes, it, it's more money. Totally. But like the alternative is what? Not spending the money. Yeah. And doing and just allowing yourself to and again, I totally respect the fuck out of a person who's listening to this and being like, Well, I've never dyed my hair. I don't really use makeup. I, you know, I, I don't really feel the need to do that. I don't really ever thought about Botox. Amazing. Like, yeah, more power to you. I respect the fuck out of that. But I also want people who don't buy into those things to respect the decisions and the choices of people who do. Yeah. And I think that that's important. And I'm not saying that there's a one size fits all, but I do think
0: that we should respect autonomy and sovereignty over our own bodies. And oh, always hundred percent. I, I also think that it's important to take a hard look at yourself when you're judging someone else. I remember seeing a gal who I follow. Um, she made this post, she's 41 and she's like, she's like, I've never done fake this. Like I've never gotten fake boobs. I've never gotten Botox. I've, you know, basically just saying all the things like she's all natural except her hair's fucking pink. I'm like, okay, you're all natural, except your ha- nobody's hair on this planet grows pink. So you still do something. So the point is, is that you can't decide that y- you're going to just put down every woman who does Botox, gets lips injections, gets hair extensions, or I like whatever. And then you still do something. I'm sorry, but there's, we all do something. And I'm sorry, any woman who's ever done, like you've at least put on lipstick as a little girl, you've at least done, you've done something. So how about we just support each other and make each other feel beautiful and remind, I think it's so important that we lift each other up and like tell each other, like you're hot, you're gorgeous, you're amazing. Yes. And remind you of what's inside. That's not like on yeah. the outside, because That we do derive so much value on the outside. It's important to be like, you're amazing. Like, you're a good human. You're the smartest fucking chick. Like, you're amazing. You're a fucking genius. Like, yeah, you're so, like, all
1: those things. You know, it's interesting. I think, like anything, we all have those things that we cling to for our sense of self worth. So, I think maybe for some people, it is. I've never done you know, Botox. I've never done this. I've never done that. I've never had this. I've never had that. And then that's the thing that they cling to, to be different or to be better than. Mm -hmm. And we all have those things, whether it's, you know, in that regard or it's a, I don't know, we never got divorced. So like we're better than, or we never, like we, you know, we've, we have kids, we haven't kids. Like there's always these choices and I don't know that we'll ever get away from those things. Mm -hmm. I just think that it's okay to feel worthy but I don't think you need to extend that rule of thumb to everyone else. Mm-hmm. I think it's like, cool, like, feel amazing in your skin, but like, give
0: other people the courtesy to do what they want with their bodies. Do you think that if you're getting, like, there's this trick on Instagram today or yesterday, last night I saw her ass is obviously enhanced somehow surgically. And she she made, and she's got fake boobs. She has extensions in her hair, extensions lashes, and then she's made this post like the haters are gonna say I did something to my ass. I was like, well, you did. But do you think that we should be telling people online the stuff that we're doing? Do you think it's anybody's business, or do you think as influence? because she's got like a million followers? Do you think that it's irresponsible to not say? I don't think
1: that you have to, but I think for you personally, it could be cathartic Mm -hmm. like anything. You know what I mean? Like you and I were very embarrassed and ashamed about our husband's affair. And now we fucking talk about it all the time. Yeah. And it feels so much more easily like ease. Right. So like, I don't think that it's your responsibility. I think you can share whatever the fuck you want on social media or not share everything that you want on social media. I think for you personally, at least for me, uh, sharing, even if I'm not ready, I might be like, you know what? Like, I know at some point I'll be ready to share this. And having that awareness, I think it's cathartic for you because everything's on the table. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's something really nice about that. As a, as a person who, you know, ha- spent like, shares a lot of their life on the internet,
0: um, I think there's something nice. But I don't feel like it's responsibility. Yeah. I don't think it's a responsibility either, but I do find it interesting because it, you know, more and more we get into transparency and vulnerability and we see... We know that so much on social media is fake, and it's like we know that. We know that inherently, we know that there's filters. We know here's that here's what I think.
1: Is, sorry to cut you off, but I, yeah. here's what I think is resp- irresponsible. Okay. If someone is like, "Hey, have you ever had? Uh, did you, you know, have you ever had Botox?" Mm-hmm. and you respond, "No." Right. And you have. Right. That's just fucking dishonest. Yeah. So yeah, you might have to like make a whole post about it and like talk about it openly. But if someone asks you and you choose to respond, you don't have to respond. Mm -hmm. But the idea that like, you know, I don't know, that you as an influencer needs to talk about your divorce the second it fucking happens is ridiculous. Yeah, that's Like, so to me, it's the same thing. I think that lying is dishonest. So if you see people who have blatantly, like if someone asked me, I would be like, yeah, or no, or whatever. But like, or I could just choose not to respond. Yeah. Which is kind of an affirmation in and of itself.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think for in my opinion of this particular girl, I just think she should have not said anything. Cause I'm like, don't just lie. <laughs> Cause then, because then I feel like it sets up unrealistic. People are looking at pictures like, wow, I wish I could look like that. And you, you can't. And you have to ask her like, why she even needs to defend her ass? Yeah. Like, why? I'm like, why, uh, also, what makes you think if you had your tits done, you have fake eyelashes, fake hair, fake lips, and your face is done, why would you leave your ass natural? (laughs) Like, why would the one thing you not do? Like, why would I assume you didn't have surgery on that, too? Because you've had everything else. It's like, no, I just like to grow my nails. It's like, no, come on. Give me a fucking break. I love how
1: whenever, like, uh, you've definitely in the past had... Way in the past, if your boyfriend's listening to this podcast
0: right now, <laughs> way in the past, you've had dudes compliment you on your tits. Yeah. A- and what do you say? I was like, yeah, you can thank my doctor. Or is, Yeah, I was like, you can compliment the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, these are mine. But thank you. yeah, my doctor did a good job. I'll send you his regards. But they
1: do look good. That's the reason why I didn't like the picture of you in that like long dress. I was like, where are the titties though?
0: I know. And I yeah. love it because I'm always like, I mean,
1: I like troll you about them.
0: I'm like, oh, like rubber ducky, rubber titties. ducky titties and like whatever. But like, it's like squeak, go squeak, squeak, <laughs> Do you know? I asked them to put a squeaker in when I got the surgery. Did you? So yeah. like, they squeak. <laughs> Jeff can squeak them.
1: Yeah, they. I mean, like different. low key, I'm jealous for sure. But we've talked about this multiple times. Like I, I'm not opposed to getting breast implants, but. I just think that on my body shape, it would just not, I think it wouldn't look, I think I would, I would take away my athletic look and I like the way I look.
0: I, I, you know, all of it, it's like, it just has to make you feel good. And I like my little tits. I like little boobs too. And in fact, again, you know, I've told you this too. If my titties, my little bit itty bitty titties weren't so saggy, I would have left them as they were. There was kind of a mess after pregnancy, which does that. And again, same thing. It's like yeah. your body changes after pregnancies. Your body changes from age. Your body changes from all these things. And unfortunately. What if, someone dep-
1: what if they're like, I want to remove my stretch marks or I want to
0: get, uh, I want to remove this loose skin. Is yeah. that okay?
1: I but have- it's like, it's natural. It's
0: from like. I've had clients, I had a client who literally, she was petite, like five, two, didn't have a weight problem, probably like 120 pounds, like just petite little body, cute. Like anybody would just be jealous, but she had this like extra skin for pregnancy and it just bothered her. And it didn't matter. It did not matter how hard she worked out. It just was the skin. Right. And it's like, she's like, I'm getting, I'm getting surgery. And she did it. And she felt so much better about herself. And I'm like, you know, of course, like if that's the one thing that's bothering you and you love everything about your body. And it's like, this is just something that you can't stop thinking about then by all means. And there is no reason why I should be like, you should be happy. You have two beautiful children. That's not my job to say. And also, you know, it's, I kind of think of it in the same way as, you know, that we can now have childbirth basically pain free. You know, I remember when growing, when I was like a little girl, I'd asked my mom about we. You know, of course we were grown up listening to the, uh, not listening, but reading from the Bible, and basically Eve's punishment for eating the apple was that like childbirth would be painful. And I was like, that fucking sucks. But now we have medicine, so it doesn't have to be painful. People have epidurals and they have all yep. this stuff. And I remember when I was little, I was like, why would anyone choose to have natural childbirth? And by all means, any women listening to do it, like, good for you. I, I was like, why would, if Did we you have, have medicine, an epidural, I didn't, I had an epidural. I had an epidural. Yeah. yeah. Although, you know, it's funny now, if I got pregnant now, I might actually try it natural. Just see if I could, which is weird. Cause it's a different, cause I was like, why? What's the point? But I might just try to. I think a lot of people try and then it they're out. just like, fuck it. Give it yeah.
1: to me. Yeah. But like, who knows?
0: But I remember thinking like, if we have the science now, why would we do it? So I yeah. think too, to the point of plastic surgeries and Botox and all these, it's like, if we have it, why not? Take advantage of it. How
1: do you know, and is it an issue if you're becoming addictive, addicted to it? I don't know. Is it an issue? A and B. How do you know if you're going down that path?
0: I think it can be an issue. I think um, was it Heidi Montag? I don't know. Somebody from the Hills. I feel like there was some show I saw way back where she was like addicted to these plastic surgery. Heidi cirgers. Pratt? Maybe. Uh, I, I'm not good with celebrities. Yeah, so. Same. But she had like, you know, multiple nose jobs and multiple boob jobs. And I think that there are some people and I think that some doctors. What was that reality show that was like ugly duckling or ugly duck? I don't know.
1: I don't watch television, but.
0: But I think there is. I think that's a real thing that people can be addicted to it. I don't know how you know. I feel like people might tell you, but it, it I reminds don't know me of stop. like
1: when we were doing competitions and you could always get leaner. Yeah. You could always have more muscle could always be put like a little bit muscle on here. You could always lose a little bit of fat from here. You could always get a little bit of cell- cellulite here. Like I feel like it's a never ending journey if you allow it to. Mm-hmm. And that's why you can never win. Mm-hmm. Cause when it comes to like plastic surgery or fillers or whatever, it's like, yeah, there's always like more shit you could work on. There's always like more things you can like pull up, tuck in. Like, so if you can't, and that's why I think anytime you go into any of these Procedures, you need to ask yourself, like, if I never got this, would I be okay? Yeah. I might not be as confident, but would I be okay? Yeah. And would I still feel love? And how would my life actually change? And it's interesting. I think if you go down the rabbit hole of more and more plastic surgery, more and more kind of like procedures, it just perpetuates the, uh, the feeling of not good enough or yeah. the feeling of insecurity. yeah. And so, yeah, I th- I do think it can be. And, you know, the weird thing about, especially if you do get worked on, even like small things like Botox and stuff like that, is you get used to that look. Yep. So it can feel like, even if you just look your age, yep. that you look too old, Yeah. you know? And you kind of have to be aware of that. And I don't
0: think it's like a problem necessarily. I think just pe- to be aware of it. I really agree. I remember uh, when I was in Dallas, one of my girlfriends did eyelash extensions for her job and she was training people. She asked me to come in to be like, to train people on me. So I was getting eyelash extensions for free and it was great. But I remember when they came off, I felt so ugly like for naked, a while. Right? Yeah. it felt ugly and naked. I was like, wow, my eyes look crazy. And it took a while for me to get used to the normal look again. Cause I was so used to how it looked before. Mm-hmm. So same thing when my Botox starts to wear off, I start to like get really like, I think a lot of people ugly. get used to like their lips looking yep. filled. Yep. Yep. And if they don't have that, I mean, tan,
1: I mean, I'm the first to tell you, like I'm a tanorexic. Jill's tanorexic for sure. Yeah, so like <laughs> if I even feel like I'm like, oh my god, I'm so pale right now, and you're like, you're the tannest person here. <laughs> That's an issue
0: because it's all relative, right? It's yeah. all relative. Yeah. No, we we all have our stuff that makes us feel better, and I think it is. We can't we can't let it become an issue. Ultimately, I think though, if it's this obsession that's when it's an issue. I don't know how you stop it. I think it's just counseling and learning to accept yourself because unfortunately you can't stop time. You can't stop the clock. You can't stop the face from melting, the body from Yeah, melting. we're all getting older every second. I mean, ultimately for me, uh, Natalie Jill, I think we're going to have her on the podcast soon. I love that, joke. She has this uh, a book called Aging in Reverse and I just had her on my mastermind call last week and she just went through some kind of, I think she did an ayahuasca ceremony actually or something and she had this like, message about just surrender like how we cannot control like we can't keep controlling everything we can try But at some point we are literally out of control. I mean, I'm not going to hit 80 looking like I do now. Like it's, there's nothing I could do about it. No matter how much Botox, how much surgery, how much lasers, I still will not look the same. It just is impossible. So at some point you have to surrender and just go, this is what's going to be. And of course we can do the best we can to feel good, but we do also have to go like, we have to have an understanding that we can't stop it all. And realize we are lovable uh that we are good enough that we have enough other things of value that society people friends see in us than just our outside looks and i, yeah. I remember i got that lesson from from competing yeah. i remember thinking it was i had to be fit i had to sure. have a six-pack i had to yeah. all of that or i was nothing i mean you still have a six-pack but yeah <laughs> but then i realized it's like that's not that's not what everybody's about like yeah. i'm really fucking funny that's why people like me it's true <laughs> No, you are funny
1: <laughs> slash shock value, <laughs> yep. but yeah, I mean, I would say the reason that people love you, not because you're six pack, but because you are an amazing listener. You make people feel, um, normal. You allow your created judgment free zone for people. You're a good friend to people. And so I do think it is at trying to find ways that you can feel valuable in the world outside of your looks, mm-hmm. regardless, whether it's your body, I mean, it's the same shit, right? Different outfit. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, we learned the body issue five years ago, 10 years ago with competing. Now we're like trying to learn, okay, my face is
0: melting. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> how can the I feel yeah. worthy outside of my face? Like what's the next one after aging? Cause I'm like, what's fucking my next? brain, dude, your brain's going <laughs> oh, to
1: shit. I'm we better stop drinking. Yeah, well, I scared.
0: love it all. I think it's a good conversation.
1: We are interested. We know you guys have thoughts on this shit. Yeah. Because this is such a nuanced conversation. Danny and I had a conversation ahead of time. We are like, you know what? We don't want to come in like guns blazing about like one specific thing. I think a lot of people have questions around does doing uh, Botox or getting enhancements mean you're not an independent woman, a feminist, like it means you're caving to societal standards. Okay. Yes, maybe. But it's also yes and. Yeah. Also. Honoring the process of and being aware of all those th- all the multi-dimensional considerations that we have as women, and I think it's it would be remiss to be black and white about it. And so I want to have this conversation. I want to keep having this conversation. If you guys have, um, you know, we'd like to know like, are you doing Botox? Are you know, are you doing enhancements? Like, have you ever done that? What's your even if you're like, fuck that, it's ridiculous. Cool, tell us because I am super interested in this. I think we're a little bit. Um, skewed in our perspective having lived in Los Angeles. I think that's a little bit different because LA, I mean all the stuff they say about LA is true, like Mm -hmm. it is superficial. Mm -hmm. I mean there's a lot of really amazing people there but it is a little bit superficial. It is definitely people value looking good and so I think that we have definitely been skewed by that as well and also being single you know, having been dumped into the dating pool after being married and being in a relationship for a long time also skews things. So Love your guys' perspective as always. Would love if you would share this episode if you find it valuable. If you feel like this is a good, nuanced conversation, if you're just like, fuck you, I totally don't agree. We'd like to know that too. Jump into our closed Facebook group, thebestlifepodcast.com. Let us know what you think. And of course, if you have loved this and you have been listening for a while, we are always so appreciative of new reviews on iTunes. You guys are the best. We have literally the best listeners. Thank you so much for being here as always. And we We'll see you next time.
0: We love you. Bye. Bye.